1: Our guest is Todd Elmer, head of FX and macro analysis for Asia, and uh, with us here live on the program. And uh, Todd, thanks very much for being with us. So the market and the companies can actually say this, but I would say that the way they're acting, that they're actually screaming at the Fed, you're going too far, too fast, you're missing the story, just like last year, you went too far on the hold. So I put it to you, is it unfair to say that investors are telling the Fed, policymakers, you're incompetent? Uh, You know,
2: I I think that investors have certainly uh, begun to to question some of the decisions that we've seen uh, from the Fed over the course of of the pandemic. Uh, But, um, you know, I I don't know that it's a widespread view uh, as of yet uh, that we are on trajectory for what could be characterized as another policy mistake. Um, And I think that's Because inflation remains high um, and there is kind of the acknowledgement that uh, so long as that is the case, the Fed is probably going to have to uh, continue uh, with its very harsh rhetoric because it doesn't want to encourage the market uh, to begin pricing in that pivot uh, that at one point was priced in for uh, the end of next year. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of expectation they're going to change course soon, even as we've started to see some rhetoric sneak in uh, that they are uh, acknowledging that they have done a lot of tightening to date.
3: Yeah, so if no change, of course, soon, uh, where are rates going to top out? Because the last dot plot, you have got a lot of dots hovering just below 5% for 2023
2: now. Where, where are we going here? Uh, you know, it, that, that's a good question. To whether or not we actually reach that level uh, approaching 5%, because I think that as we move into the winter, into the beginning of next year, uh, that uh, we are going to see a very difficult period for the US economy and probably an even more difficult period uh, for many global economies. Um, And I think that will encourage the market uh, to consider uh, the possibility that we won't quite uh, match uh, the most hawkish in terms of Fed expectations. Uh, So I think that's really going to be determined over the next several months. have to see uh, what the depth uh, of the economic slowdown is and whether or not the Fed, uh, you know, can be successful in terms of avoiding a hard landing.
1: The Dow, which is made up of some really old and fine companies uh, uh, and kind of cyclical companies, uh, it fell more last month than it did in 2008 when you had a once-in-a-century crisis, a banking and, and housing crisis. So it shows you that investors think that the Fed is, is off-balance here. And we, we're used to thinking of the Fed as smoothing things out, you know, cooling when the economy is too hot, warming when it's a little too cool. But now critics are saying that the Fed is actually the, the, the tool or the rod stoking volatility.
2: You know, I, I think that the Fed has fed into some of the volatility that we're seeing in markets, which, which of course, is, is kind of at a store level. Uh, but if you step back, uh, what's really happening is that we're going through a generational shift right now uh, where we've come from an extended multi-decade period uh, of low interest rates. And, and we're shifting back towards uh, what might be considered you know, more normal levels on a historic basis. And the fact that that has surfaced as uh, some degree of, of kind of market volatility and the fact that that is something that traders uh, have had to you know start to learn to adapt to with some unexpected consequences. Um, you know, I mean I don't think that that should be altogether surprising and again, I don't think that that really uh, should be uh, seen as, as the Fed solely bearing responsibility uh, for those developments. I think to some extent this was inevitable uh, as we shifted towards a higher interest rate regime.
3: We've got the former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers warning
2: of the risk of a global recession
3: increasing. Is that where we're heading here?
2: Uh, You know, stepping aside from the the technical terms, I think it's pretty clear uh, that we are heading towards a a slowdown. Um, It's probably going to be particularly pronounced uh, in Europe. Uh, We are going to see global economy suffering under the strain uh, of a a stronger dollar. Um, I think it'll probably be a bit more shallow in the U.S., uh, where we are still seeing a lot of indications of of kind of lingering economic strength. uh, But I think that we will see a slowdown there as well.
3: And uh, Todd, I just mentioned there a moment ago, um, the strength we're seeing for the Canadian, Aussie and Kiwi against the yen at the moment. Uh, One of the few risk on trades going right now. What's happening in your view?
2: You know, I, I think that mainly comes down to the weakness that we're seeing in, in the Japanese yen, more so than than strength in terms of the commodity currencies, uh, which themselves uh, have been vulnerable, uh, just perhaps less so against, against dollar appreciation. Um, and I think that uh, a lot of the forces that are contributing Uh, to yen weakness uh, macro forces are likely to remain in place notably uh, we aren't seeing any indications that we're going to get a shift in policy uh, from the bank of japan anytime soon Uh, and i think that's going to keep the pressure on the yen as global interest rates uh, continue to rise and it's going to make uh, the japanese government's life difficult uh, in terms of trying to counter uh, any further weakness to you know offset uh, the negative impacts on the domestic economy
1: With the yield on the two-year at 4.21%, and that's actually down six basis points, um, where does the bond market really offer good value to, especially long-term investors, uh, or not necessarily long-term, but even looking to lock in, say, two to five years at a high interest rate? Where's the sort of crossover period where that looks like good value, Todd? Uh,
2: You know, I I think when we think about what what yields have done, uh, that there is uh, kind of a lot of momentum uh, in place, uh, and it's not clear to me uh, that we're going to see any any kind of shift in terms of that overall trend uh, anytime soon. So my expectation would be more or less across the curve uh, that we are going to see uh, further upward pressure on yields as these macro forces uh, that have been driving them up remain in place.
3: And where do you see this uh, strong dollar story starting to top out? <laughs>
2: Uh, Yeah, it's certainly come a ways, uh, so I don't want to say that the dollar strength is not more mature at this point, uh, but if we look at at kind of the global backdrop, uh, one in which the Fed is continuing to tighten and continuing to offer this hawkish message to discourage the market uh, from bringing back down those expectations uh, on the terminal rate, uh, we combine that with the weakness that we're seeing in a lot of other global economies, the fact that risk aversion uh, remains elevated uh, amid, uh, you know, concern over potential escalation uh, in the Ukraine war. Um, I don't think that any of these forces that have been pushing us up are going to change uh, for the time being. And I think that Mm. we're seeing uh, the positioning is not yet stretched. uh, So there probably is further room for that to run.
1: So you just answered my question then about um, whether or not if we get a seasonal rally here, whether it would fail. It seems like you would think that um, it would just be a bear market rally.
2: Yeah, I think that's the case, and I think that's probably true when we think about kind of a lot of the asset market trends uh, in general. I, I don't know that I would be uh, very optimistic uh, on equities uh, now at this point uh, either, uh, because I think that um, you know the, the market was it was a little more calm at the end of last week uh, because of the Bank of England's uh, intervention, um, because uh, we didn't get perhaps the fireworks that we might have anticipated around the month and quarter end. Uh, but I don't think the underlying developments have changed. I think that probably spells uh, kind of more volatility moving forward. Maybe not the historic week that we had last week, uh, but it's probably going to be a a very difficult trading environment for the time being.
3: Very quickly, Todd, the British pound uh, taking a severe beating at the moment. Uh, When do you see that narrative starting to change?
2: I I think it'll start to change if, if, if the government backs down uh, from it, its plans for the tax cuts and, and fiscal easing and i don't think that that uh, is you know going to be politically feasible uh, for the trust government uh, for the time being so uh yeah i think that there's likelihood that we see that pressure reassert itself on
3: yeah, Liz trust the prime minister, expressing some dismay about the way she communicated that decision to get rid of the top tax rate. But Todd Alma, head of FX and macro analyst for InTouch Capital Markets, thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.
0: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg.